Hello, beautiful people. Today we are with Professor Gustavo Dantas. So let me do a quick presentation. Professor Gustavo Dantas is a fifth degree black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu with more than 20 years of coaching experience and being a world-class competitor, achieving three world titles in his career. Professor Dantas is also a owner of Gustavo Dantas Jiu-Jitsu Academy, president of the Arizona State Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu League and event promoter. Gustavo is also a public speaker as well a certificated high-performance mental life coach with a bachelor degree in physical education. He is also hosted in two podcasts, the BJJ Mental Coach and Mentalidade 24-7. Professor Dantas is also author of several books. The last one is Seven Lessons from Seven Champions. To end the presentation, is also a founder of the non-profit organization Jiu-Jitsu Tribe, who offers free Jiu-Jitsu class to privileged children and young adults in poor communities in Brazil. Hello, Professor, how are you? Did I forget something? <laughs> no, it's all good. I'm doing great, man. It's every day with all the madness that's going on. It's a 1% better every day. That is perfect. Oh, that is a great question. I, I, I will call it with Kaizam uh, methodology. Can you just to do, do, I think it's, it's a nice principle. How, how do you think about 1% better every day? Can you give a little bit more in that just to start it easy on? <laughs> Yeah, this is, a, especially at this moment right now, everything is just slowly improvement. But I feel that any time since I was able to compete in jiu-jitsu and be around high performers, in high performance, you just don't go from 30% to 80% from 9 a day or to 90%. It, it's not like that. So it's like, okay, 30%, nice. Okay, now you 30%. 0.5 and now we're 31 now we're 32 you look at into even high level olympic athletes they don't they don't improve like that oh today i'm 50% oh tomorrow i'm 70% it's not like that it's low and steady as long as you're moving and i was talking with my wife this week but she was of course everyone got hit hard every business got hit hard so if we focus on what we don't have and then you'll be depressed, you won't gonna move, a massive anxiety. So I've just been pushing on her the, this mindset, especially now, 1% better every day and visualizing this. So I was very happy that two days ago, she was like, 1% better, right? Like, yeah, you know, every day someone's coming back, maybe there's a new student and, and that's how it is. So that's when the, the martial arts competitions, let's put this way, gave me that, gave me this, this experience to understand that things don't just boom from nine a day. It's slow and steady. As long as we're moving forward, we're progressing. That's all we can do. Perfect. Professor, now let's go for me, like starting really deep, a little bit back for the, the listeners that still don't know you. Can you tell me a little bit about you, what you do, what is your work, please? Yeah, so it's it's even tough to say what I do because I, I think I do many things. But <laughs> but I mean, my my whole life is surrounded jujitsu. 
Um, but the main thing, we're going to talk maybe a little, a little deeper in the conversation about the importance of living congruence with what you believe in, congruence with your values. So everything that I work during my life, it's aligned with the same thing or the same purpose of inspiring, impact, and improve people's lives. If it's not related to that, I won't mess with it. There's nothing wrong with it. I just, I just don't want to. There's something that is not aligned. So that means we have a jujitsu school. So yeah, we are inspiring, impacting, improving people's lives in some way. Promoting tournaments. I'm a big fan of jujitsu tournaments as a personal development tool. So yes, we're inspiring, impacting, improving mental coaching, life coaching, high performance coaching for entrepreneurs. As you already mentioned, the Jiu-Jitsu tribe, the nonprofit organization, everything is aligned with the same thing. So if it's not aligned with that, even for money, it doesn't attract me. You know, I'm, I'm not that I'm a millionaire by, by any means, but I think everyone needs to live in congruence with your values. And my number one value is freedom of choice. I just wanted to work. My goal wasn't like to make tons of money. My, my goal was to, when I was younger, I just want to do whatever I feel like I want to do. It was always like that. Absolutely not. Because in many, many phases of our journey, we have to do some jobs that were like, yeah, I wish I wasn't doing this job, but it is what it is. But as long as you have a, a different goal in mind that hey, I have, yeah, I've done a lot of, and you can talk more about this, a lot of different jobs when I came to the United States. And eventually, it got to a point that since 2005, I only work with what I want to or only work with people that I want to. So it, it was hard to get to the point, but now, so it has been since 2005. Well, perfect. And that will, I think it's amazing. And that will come to, to the next question that is, how uh, how did you find your purpose because you also talk a lot in your your podcast that i'm a big fan uh, the bjj mental coach about finding your purpose how did you find your purpose professor i think when you start the personal development journey of like learning so i've been i got involved with personal development i start crawling let's put this way in 2008 so that's when I start to get a little bit more introduced to self-awareness, to understand myself better. And that means going to seminars, going to retreats, therapies, all kinds of different stuff that little by little, you get to understand yourself better. And I started to, because I think one way to figure it out too is like, if you don't know what you want to do or your purpose, well, start with what you don't want to do. Make a list like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to work on this and that. Good. Okay. Eliminate that. And little by little, you, uh, you start working towards what you want. So I feel that I was, I think I was very blessed that when I was very young, I didn't know that I was doing that, that I discovered my number one value, which is freedom of choice. And with that, I think it just led me to my purpose because I'm like, you know, I was probably... I don't know, somewhere around 12, I was in a difficult moment in my life with, with my mom. It was with a, with a person that was very abusive. And I just figured out that I don't want people telling me what to do. And I just put that in my mind. And I kind of was like the rebel of the family in a way, you know, because like, what do you mean you're going to the United States? You don't even have a job. Or like, okay. 
but uh, and then years later, I became the entrepreneur of the year for the family. <laughs> you know what I mean? But <laughs> but that's how it is. It's all good. Perfect. I think that you already answered to my next question that it will be which advice that you will give to the people that uh, don't know what to the purpose. I think like start for what you don't like. I think it's a really good advice, Professor. We can say now, in my opinion. Um, what if I find my purpose and I'm too afraid to risk? Because, like you said, it you are going for not the common uh, uh, way. What which advice you will give it to me? I feel that sometimes people just get. Uh, how can I say? Just frozen by fear. But when you start to think about fear of what exactly? you know because you got to remember whether if you're listening right now i don't it doesn't matter what what part of the world you live into whether you like or you don't let me give you the news one day you're gonna die okay <laughs> and, uh, and so one at you don't want to just wait until the end until you say you know there's there's a book called the five regrets of dying by brownie aware uh, brownie Ware. she's an australian nurse she worked with a patients with like maybe three months to live cancer patients and then she started to collect their regrets of people when they realize that oh my god you know i'm dying and the number one was i wish i had the courage to pursue what i want not what others expected of me you know and i think a lot of people have this kind of fear or worried that but what if I do and what others gonna think if I don't get it I don't want to disappoint my parents I don't want to disappoint whoever and at the end of life and that's the number one that people realize oh my god all these years you know so worried for what you know and I think I always had that in mind and in messages like that just make you give an extra push to like man I need to get the ball rolling here I need to go and and again, I don't, I'm not sure if everyone is familiar with jiu-jitsu or everyone trains, but that's big lessons of jiu-jitsu that you don't get the outcome that you want every time you want and in the moment that you want. Things not always happen like that. And that's in jiu-jitsu, that's in life, you know? So you, during the journey, yeah, things are going to happen. There'll be like, that did not go your way and not always going to go your way, but it's just what you do with this experience, how you move forward, you know? and the thing is, everyone, uh, sometimes you have, you have a goal and imagine that goal is on the top of a mountain. And a lot of people just sitting in the bottom of the mountain just looking up. It's like, dude, that thing is so high. It's so far. I'm not even know how to get there, how to start. I'm not even going to start. And you know? so the point is just to start climbing. When you're going to get there, I have no idea. I have no idea. That's each one's journey. And you're going to go up. And then something's going to happen and you slide down and you go this way here. Ooh, it's closed right here. I need to come down. I need to go up again and you just keep going. And when you get to the top of the mountain down, that's each one. Uh, let's say, let's say I reach the top of the mountain. Let's say like some of the goals that I accomplished and I just look up, huh? Nice. Okay. Now time to start climbing another one, you know, and then, and then you go and then you try and that's going to be the same thing, the same growing pains, the same, uh, 
let's say disappointments, the same happy moments. It's literally that that journey, you know. That's that's all. And so, I think people need to understand too. They they need to reflect what exactly are they afraid of, you know? What is that? Is that disappointing or what exactly that is? I think it's a perfect question because sometimes it's that what 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 if somebody don't and let me say you were and I want that you to know this you were a big inspire for me to start this project because of the words that you say in your podcast if you want you you have to do it you just no one's gonna one do it time. for you exactly and we just live one time yeah I'm gonna share something real quick with you that thank. You. I had opportunity to to be certified with as a high performance coach with Brandon Bouchard. I don't know how many people are familiar with him, but it's a well-known high performance coach. And I think maybe I think I went through the course in 2016, and man, it helped me out a lot. A lot of things, you know, this is the same material that uh, when I coach high performance uh, high performers, that's the same process that I that I teach. And I believe because I went through with myself, and that's how. I share my stuff. Like I want to make sure that I'm going through, I believe in the, in the whatever product that is, and then I can share it with people. But Brendan says something really interesting and that I use this and I highly recommend people to investigate that too, which is the human being, it's usually have, there's fear, three types of pains, generally speaking, three types of pain, the, the, the process pain uh uh the the loss uh pain the process pain and the outcome pain i'm going to talk about each one so for example i'm going to give uh just a regular example of someone that is in a, in a job that they're not happy you know like dude i don't like this i go in every day like this is miserable and and they think about a possibility of changing jobs or possibly starting a business and then they go like, man, I'm going to try this new job, but what if I do this, this thing and does it work? What my family going to think about it? What about the, the grass is not greener on the other side? You know what? I think, I think I'm going to stay here because it's safer. I just mentioned the three pains right now because the, the pain uh, of the, the loss pain, the loss is it, not just loss of money it's loss that too but loss of self-esteem loss of respect what people are going to think of me if i go i try this and everyone knows and i don't get it or maybe i'm going to lose my i have benefits for my health and uh, uh health plans or whatever and then they cut that now i don't have that so there's some type of like fear of uh, some type of uh, loss and then there's the process pain which is man what if i go all through this you know like this long process and and i get to the other side the outcome and it's not what i expected so you're afraid of the loss of the process and the outcome and you can't control none of that so when you think about a loss you got to really think about this and what exactly you're afraid of losing and there's always everything you do there's a risk you know and Jim Rome says something really cool to say, like, life is so risky that at the end, you don't live it alive. You know what I mean? You're going to die. Is that risky? You know what I mean? <laughs> there's, there's no other way around. Um, the second one, the process, the process is for real. The process is hard. You know, like, oh, that process is, the process pain 
is legit and the outcome that you don't know. So I'm gonna give you a, a practical example of how I personally use this in, um, I don't know, maybe 2015, I can't remember exactly when, many years ago. So I was, um, I was competing in jiu-jitsu and I was doing well in, um, in master's division and you know, right now I'm 46, but I think it was maybe 39 or 40. And I decided, you know what, I, man, I, I wanted to compete as an adult again and be able to compete at the, at the a world, the world championship as an adult. And you need to get points for the, and by, back then IBJJF was including the, the point system. So I just finished winning a, uh, one of the bigger tournaments here in the U.S. And I'm like, you know what? I started looking, look at the calendar, and I saw that there was a tournament in Long Beach called Long Beach International Open. And the timing, since I do so many things, it's not like I can compete any time. I need, to, I need to have a nice window that I can, because something's got to give. I cannot do everything I do and expect to go 100% of my preparation. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't really work, at least for me, it doesn't work like that. So I start to get information and I started looking and suddenly just hit me some anxiety, just started like hitting me hard. And I'm like, wait a minute, why? So right away, that's my tip for you guys, investigate why this anxiety is in your chest. I can do one thing, I can uh, close the computer down and go like this too, <sighs> okay, the anxiety is gone, you know? Oh, or you can, you know what, let me investigate here. Why am I feeling this way? What am I afraid of? What kind of pain am I afraid of? The, uh, the loss pain, the process pain, the outcome pain. So I started thinking, I was like, man, so my negative, uh, my negative voice, my dark passenger, the, the voice that bring all the error, the fears and the anxiety, doubts and securities, start throwing like, Gustavo, what are you doing, man? You're 40 years old. What are you going to try to do against those 20 year olds? So you're going to embarrass yourself. You're going to lose. You're going to do all this for nothing. You know, so again, all three were there, you know, and then I caught myself with that. And, and I said, you know what, screw it. I just pick up my, my credit card and I signed up at the spot feeling the anxiety, by the way, the anxiety wasn't gone. It was here on my chest and I could feel it. And I'm like, I'm going to do it. Just got my card, do, 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 sign up. I'm like, all right, it's official. You know, uh, I'm signed up. And I had about five or six weeks to prepare. So since I understand that I'm a, I was a 40-year-old competing in a, in a high level, I just knew that the process for me would have to be very, very intense because I need to make sure that my diet is on point. I've never been so focused with my diet before because I knew it, like, I cannot relax. I cannot give anything, like I had a you know, conditioning training. I cannot miss, class. I did everything I could. And the end, when you do everything you could to be ready for any task, whatever, if it's a tournament or not, your confidence goes up. So I went really well prepared and I was able to win the tournament, which was really cool. And with that, I started to get points and I was able to compete at the Worlds in the, the following year. So the point that I'm trying to make here it's not that I look at me trying to brag that, oh, wow, uh, I want this and that. It's not about that. It's about that when you do have that voice coming in your head that's going to question you, you don't have to accept this voice. Like, oh, yeah, what are you going to do? You're going to embarrass yourself, and then you're going to tell, like, yeah, that's true. I'm about no, 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 no. You need to clash with this voice and to question that because I feel like it's like that snowball coming downhill. It goes like to do 
to do. And it gets momentum. It's like the negative thoughts. If you don't stop that, it keeps getting bigger, gets more speed. Next thing, anxiety attack. And you're frozen. You're not going to do what you want to do because of fear. And I do my best not to allow fear. Um, I got something that I saw Will Smith talking about this once, that anytime I feel that I'm afraid of something, that's my trigger to say, like, do it, do it. And that's my tip for all the listeners. When you feel that anxiety, investigate and see, like, is it my life in danger? You know, can I really die with this? Because that's number one, your safety. Can I like, okay. I may get submitted, I can get choked out, but uh, uh, odds of me dying in a tournament are very, very slim, you know? So if it's just a psychological fear, man, let's do it. And that's basically what I suggest to people, investigate what kind of fear is holding you back. And be now that you are aware, you do whatever you want with that. Because when you're not aware, it's okay, like, oh, I didn't, I didn't know that I was aware, close the computer, okay, I'm not gonna do it. But when you know the responsibility is on you, no, you're the only one who knows. It's like this. Imagine we just, uh, we just had, a, had this conversation and then now someone's listening, that listened to the podcast, sharing with someone, say so like, hey, I saw this guy, Gustavo, who was, uh, man, really cool, really inspiring, and you're driving and then your, your friend is in, uh, in a passenger seat and then he tells you, Hey, just just to let you know, the emergency brake, it's on. And then you're like, oh, no problem. So anyway, great podcast. I'm like, dude, but if you release that, we can go, can get faster to the destination, safer without damaging the car. Yeah, no worries, no problem. So anyway, great podcast. So the person is aware there's an issue. Now it's up to them to address or not. So if you don't want to address, now you don't have the right to complain. Period. You know what I mean? You're aware and you're choosing not to aware to, to do something about it. So that's the same thing with the fear. You are aware. Now you understand where the fear is coming from. Now it's up to you if you want to, you're going to proceed or not. If you're not, you're just not allowed to complain. You know what I mean? Perfect. And I think it's perfect. Now going, I think uh, a question comes to my mind now. How, um, how can we check like I'm feeling, feeling, I will say, for example, let's put jiu-jitsu in the table. I'm going to compete and I feel anxiety with the competition or I feel anxiety with a new job, let's say. How can I check it, the origin of the fear, like you were saying, which kind of process do you use? Well, this comes down to emotional intelligence. Right. And the number, the number one pillar is self-awareness. And the number two is the self-regulation that I just mentioned right now. First, you're aware of it. Oh, we have a problem. So second, you address it or not. So I feel that this is, you have to reflect and ask yourself and be honest with yourself, brutally honest with yourself. What exactly is the fear? And if you feel that you need to talk with someone about it, you need professional help and then you do it. I personally look for professional help. I would not be able to have this conversation with you 10 years ago. Fact. You know what I mean? Just many years of studying and reading and uh, retreats and seminars and so many things. That gives me, gives me more tools to deal with this. And 
just become even more. Professor. Aware. I feel that number one is just to analyze what exactly the yeah, it froze. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, it froze now. Yeah, can you hear yeah, me? Yeah, but I can okay. hear you. Yeah, yeah. So I'll just get back a, a little bit, just make it easier for you to edit. So first, you have to be honest with yourself mm -hmm. to know that, okay, uh, that when you start to ask and reflect, you're like, what exactly is because why I do not want to sign up for this tournament? Why I do not want to really uh, change uh, or change jobs or whatever. So you have to investigate that. And sometimes you'll be able to find it and be like, oh, wow, I'm afraid I don't want to disappoint my parents. Because if I do, they're going to think they expect me to do that. And then now is the point. I mean, do you want that to determine if you're going to do something or not? You know, that's their opinion. Les Brown has a great saying that someone's opinion of you don't have to become your reality. So that's their opinion. That's their deal. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to worry about it. And if you do, I think people were very worried about asking for help, professional help. You know, mm -hmm. I started and we're going to talk a little bit more how I got involved deeper into the mental coaching is because I wanted answers and I couldn't figure it out. And I say, why I'm feeling anxious? Why do I have anxiety? I want to figure it out, you know, and then, um, that started to make more sense to me. And then I started to work on it. Again, I became aware and then I chose, and that's the thing that the listener, and if you listen right now, you have to choose. No one's gonna choose for you if you want to take action or not. You know, you can go to seminars. I know plenty of people that invest a lot of money, seminars and and retreats and coaching but they don't do anything with that. I heard a guy saying that it was like, I don't know if it's a proper politically right term to say, but mental masturbation, you know, you just in your mind, you just do, but you're not doing anything. You know what I mean? Exactly. That's, that's what you're doing with your knowledge. You're just getting all this excitement, all this, but nothing is really happening, you know? Exactly. So that's up to each one. Exactly. And you also talk about in your podcast that uh, the, the, the difference between, between the warrior of the mind and the library of the mind. I think it's the perfect definition because nowadays it's really easy to get the information, but applying the information that you get, that is the, 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 the difficult step. Yeah, that's the typical uh, talk from the uh, stoicism. You know, you see like a lot of stuff like that. And yeah, people just gathering information and over and over and it's cool, but and people get so addicted to adding information, but the idea of the warrior of the mind, that's the guy that is in the arena, the arena of life, testing it out. And that's basically what, a, what I had to do when, a, I'm just gonna mention a little bit how I got involved with the mental coaching. Please. Just long story short, I went through my jujitsu journey i had a roller coaster of confidence i think this is not just jiu-jitsu people in general there are moments that you're more confident in your life sometimes things happen your confidence goes down and in sports is the same way and i went from having zero 
confidence, probably like negative because I couldn't beat anyone. And then to start to grow, kind of peak, and then move to the U.S., kind of crush all the way down for whatever uh, reasons I had. And to be honest, lack of emotional maturity, not knowing how to deal with my dark passenger. And when I got back to competing around 2007, and that's kind of my spark to start studying because I started competing again. I, I took like a four-year break and I felt that I was feeling a lot of anxiety when I was competing the night before the day. It's normal to have the little butterflies, but I felt that, man, I'd, I'm not competing. I'm not performing the way I do in the academy. That's the main thing that I that I. I could tell, I know, you know yourself better when you're performing your best in whatever the, mm -hmm. the area is. And I end up, and I competed in a tournament and I end up winning myself, but I didn't like my performance as far as how I felt. I was very anxious because I had a lot of students with me. So now I'm worried about, I'm saying this right now, but I didn't know back then. But now I'm concerned that I have 30 students with me. They like all the, the professors going to compete. Or whatever you know so now i'm bringing this i'm pressuring myself no one's pressuring me you know most of the time we're just pressuring ourselves we create our own crazy stories and i just got home i remember like it was today man i just got in a hotel in vegas and i was like i need to get to the bottom of this i'm sick of this of feeling this anxiety and not knowing how to deal with it so i went to google and i put mental preparation for jiu-jitsu and of course nothing came up and i started to research and then i found one small program was just a little uh, little printout, little booklet with a little CD. I, I think it was a, the Fearless Athlete. I can't remember. It was very simple, but that was enough just to give me a spark of like, wait a minute. Wow, I have a lot more mental blocks than I imagined. I, a lot of things that I never really – and stopped playing a movie in my, in my head. Like, oh, my God, all these years, you know? So – that was the moment that I could, what, be the warrior of the mind. I could be the librarian. Cool. I can, I can just keep adding and reading books and doing whatever. So I chose to start studying more, doing the life coach and, and mental coach, but competing at the same time because I wanted to test drive what I was doing. So I did that for about two years. And the cool thing is that I started to improve, but it's not like, cause I did have results before. It's not like I wasn't having results, but it's more about feeling, about how mm -hmm. am I feeling? Am I happy? Am I relaxed or I'm like anxious, you know? And, and I started noticing the difference. I started having more that internal peace that winning or losing, I'm like, I'm good. I can't. It was me, the guy won, okay, no problem. So I did that for two years and I noticed the difference, not only on the mats, but especially off the mats. I started to kind of locate maybe some of the projects that I want to do, or maybe I was afraid and I didn't even know why I was afraid. And then again, I started to understand that, start sharing with my students, because I, I think everyone that trains jiu-jitsu is, is listening, maybe have competed before, maybe have seen someone in the academy that they train really well, but when they get to the competition, they end up not performing because of anxiety, competition anxiety. And I started noticing that. I'm like, man, this guy is a freaking animal here in an academy. How come he's not uh, doing well? So I started to talk with each one. And I started noticing the difference again on and off the mat. And after that, I decided, well, I cannot really sit here and talk with every single person. It's just not doable. 
And I announced at a class and I said, hey, this Saturday I'm going to do a mental coaching class. I'm just going to share what I've learned for the past, that was about, by that time, about two and a half years. And no expectations, not like I was charging anyone. It's just like, hey, whoever wants to come here and talk about it, I'm just going to share what is working for me. And 40 people showed up. So that was that was good because people to see that, it, you know, if you listen to this at home and you do struggle with anxiety, let me tell you this, you're not alone. You're not the only one. There's like billions or whatever, how many people, you know, uh, that have the same difficulties, you know? And, and I did for like three, four more times. And, and I decided, you know what? I think I want to, I want to open this to the jiu-jitsu community in my state. So I did my first professional public speaking um, engagement uh, and it was uh, it went great and from there like ah, I don't want to I want to share the message but I don't want to keep traveling every weekend or doing seminars so back then so I think this was 2014 maybe and then I created my first back then it was a DVD program and now it's a online program of the inner discovery for outer success and and the words started going out, started helping people from all over the world and high-level competitors started to contact me for, uh, to help them with them to be a mental coach. And then basically how everything, the word got out, you know, and, and people say like, oh, that I'm the pioneer of that in jiu-jitsu. I'm like, I don't know if I'm the, I think they're like, for sure, there are many people who are doing that way before me. I just went public as far as putting myself out there and, did I have people saying like, of course, they're always haters, everything you do. So if you focus on haters, you're not going to do anything. And then people are like, oh, that's a bunch of bull crap. You know, my, my old days, we just train hard. Good for you. But it's not for everyone. You know what I mean? I wish I could say that, that I never lost. I'm tough. Or like, no, man, I had fear, anxiety. I didn't know how to deal with it, you know? And, but the reality is, and you know how uh, Brazilians are. If they if they say have something to say, they will say, and they'll criticize it, and they like they will kill you online. You know what I mean? And they like, <laughs> man, they're brutal. So I had like massive positive uh, response. I mean, it was rare to have like negative because I'm just being real, and I'm not trying to convince anyone for anything. It's just like, yo, this is what worked for me. Maybe it worked for you. I don't know. That's that's the only thing. And and now that's where we're at right now. I'm getting back to the Brazilian market, which has been cool. I've been meaning to do that for a long time since I focused on the uh, English for a long time. So I'm excited for this new phase. You know, I think I struggle with time before of doing everything I wanted. So the quarantine, I think it was good for that. You know, so I could have focused on something else. But I think what comes down to, again, me sharing the story of all of that is not always, I mentioned this, that it is not in the intention of look how many things I do. It's just to convey to you that if you want to make progress in your life, you need to face your demons. You got to figure out what is happening and take action. It's not action for a week or a month, as Les Brown say, until until when i don't know it's, it's it's your dream it's your goal until you, you believe that it's necessary and and that's the the message that i just try to pass to people like hey man you do whatever you want with this information this is what helped me help other people around the world and maybe it can help you maybe it doesn't maybe it can maybe it won't help 
but this I believe from being so blessed to work with like so many high level athletes that trust me to like maybe help a tiny bit with uh, with their journey you know because I mean it's a team that make a champion who have the teacher who have the the nutritionist who have you know so and so I'm just giving my two cents and I'm glad that I'm able to help some people not to win but just to get internal peace to be like you know what that was me that's it that's that's all I ask of people however let's be honest there's nothing better than internal peace with a gold medal you know what I mean that's incredible when you can get the two like wow I felt great and I won great so that's the main thing that I'm looking for with people just help them to get this um this internal piece. Perfect, Professor. And I wanted also, if you can, it, um, can you describe a little bit more what is the work that you do with the athletes, uh, the mental coach, what kind of preparation do you do? Yeah, we do, do you have an assessment to figure out? So I have an idea of some of the difficulties they have. So I have, so it's a little, uh, each one, it, it's probably like a 25 minute to like a 30 minute like assessment that people go through and I, and I go in and analyze. And based on that, I start to kind of attack some of the, some of the issues that they might be facing. And for them, in a lot of the times it's just questions. I'm just asking questions to be like, I'm nervous because of like, but why? Oh, because of big term and why? And then what's going to happen if you don't win? And like, well, like, and then it starts seeing like, yeah, my life will continue. Exactly. You know what I mean? So we always make this big chaos and this big thing when things are not going to work the way we want. And little by little, they start to realize that, yeah, it's, it's not that, uh, it's not that bad if it, I don't get the outcome that I want. Of, of course. So everyone that works with, with me in some way, I always mention and I, and I just said, um, my goal, it's not to help people. Of course, it's becoming a champion. It's, it's just the it's just consequence of your work. But again, my main work with them, I always say, I give my seminars and say, like, if you came here for me to give you the, the gold medal, we're in the wrong room, you know, because it's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about internal peace of being the best version of yourself inside like on the mat and outside of the mat you know and that's all we ask for you know to be strive i don't think maybe we i don't know never going to be the level 100 of max the best um so you were saying about uh, the athlete become the best version of yourself can you talk a little bit more about that yes and that's the main goal because again i'm not trying to promise medals i'm not trying to promise titles or promise people's business gonna go well it's just have the internal peace be at peace that you literally trying the best you can with the tools and knowledge you have right now maybe next week you have more tools or have more knowledge but right now this is all you have and you're gonna do the best you can with what you have right now so the intention on and off the mat is to become the best version of yourself and my job is to help with that process even if i can help a little bit to give a little push so it's great and there's people that i see transformations are, are incredible and 
there's people that I have worked in, and this is hard because I had to fire clients before, you know, because if I'm serious, if I have a, a 12 session program, okay, that I believe that, that it works, not that I create it, that I follow. If by like week four or five, and you're not doing the homework, let's say, you're not doing a part every time, like, oh, yeah, yeah. And then it got to a point like, I don't think, I think you're wasting your time and wasting my time. Because the intention is uh, get to be the best version of yourself, but seems like you're not committed with becoming the best version of yourself. If, if the person is not committed, what am I going to do? You know, like, it doesn't matter if you, you hire the most famous coach ever. If you're not going to tell what the coach is telling, what is the point? It's like the same in jujitsu. The guy's gonna show you the moves, and you're like, "Eh, don't want to do it." Nah, don't gonna do. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna do my own thing anyway. Like, what? What are you doing here, then? You know. So, uh, I feel that the, the person needs to be committed to the change. You know, and no one's gonna do it for you. No one's gonna accomplish your goal for you. No one. It's your goal. It's your dream. It's your issues. Your problems to solve. Not anyone else. You know. People are gonna help you along the way if. You're not only, and I always mention that, not only interested, but rather committed to that. Because when people are interested, they do what is convenient when they're, uh, when they're interested. When they're committed, they do what they need, they need to do to get accomplished. Whether you like or you don't, do I, every day, I'm blessed that I can work with things that I enjoy. But do I do things that I love Every minute, no, there are parts of the job that it's not. I'm not, I'm, I don't like, I don't, I don't care about spreadsheets and I don't like some of the things that I don't like it. But, you know, if there's times that I hire someone to do the things that I need to do myself, I'm like, oh, I got to do this, which is part of it. You know, do I love it? No, I would rather do, be doing something else or creating content or doing something else. But there are parts of the, the journey, parts of thing, the, the job that needs to be done that is not always the, you know, the, the coolest one or whatever, but it needs to be done in order. Remember, as I mentioned about the, the climb to the mountain, it's not going to be easy. That climb not supposed to be easy. If it was easy, everyone would do it. Everyone would go after goals and dreams, but it, it's not. That's why it's a small percentage of people that have that emotional resilience to keep going. And I feel that jiu-jitsu is an incredible tool to raise your emotional resilience. And now I have one question that it comes, how uh, do I have the, the consistency to continue climbing the mountain, if I can say in that way? I feel that it's from each one, how meaningful is this mission, what is your why, because if you, if you don't understand really or you need to keep the balance of when you have your, your motivation, let's say, you have the intrinsic and the extrinsic motivation and you need to have a balance. Many times people focus on the extrinsic motivation, which is important. The financial aspect is important, you know, or maybe some people focus on the recognition of fame or the followers and all that. But guess what? If you just focus on that, it's going to take you to one spot because when things get rough and will get rough period if you if you're really planning something big at one point if your why is not big enough you're just gonna crack and you're gonna stop 
fact. It's a fact. You know, so you need to have the balance of the intrinsic motivation, why I'm really doing this. I love this. But you need to have the extrinsic motivation too. Otherwise, if you're a business owner and you just intrins intrinsic motivation and peace and love, and you're gonna become a hippie. And that means always, <laughs> and maybe your, your business is not gonna thrive as much as you'd like to. But if that's what you want, that's okay. But I always say, it's just, uh, for example, I'm gonna, <laughs> a quick example just came to my mind right now. So when I, uh, maybe 2000, my last job, it was about 2005. My last job that I did that I didn't want to was house cleaning. Mm -hmm. So I was, um, I was in a moment that I was teaching jujitsu, doing other jobs, but I wasn't doing well financially yet. And my son back then was already living in Brazil. So I didn't see him for about six months. And when it got, uh, that was maybe like the, maybe July or something. And I already noticed that, man, I will not have money to go to Brazil in December. I need to come up with something in it. And I needed to find something flexible because I taught only back then. There was only two classes, jiu-jitsu classes to teach. So I needed to fit something in between the classes in the afternoon or other times that I did. So I started to brainstorm and say, okay, I need, and that's what jiu-jitsu helps you with problem solving that's what jiu-jitsu is about problem solving so i thought well i have a problem that i need to solve what i'm going to do and i thought about house cleaning that's flexible it's a decent money so i got in contact with a friend of mine one of my best friends still and he worked with house cleaning but he worked like three times a week because he wanted you know he didn't want to get overwhelmed with work and he's very chill and that that's fine so I went to his house on a Friday. I was like, all right, show me. I saw research online, what I could find. And I just asked him like, okay, uh, what do you need? And then, so he was cleaning his house and kind of showing me like things that he does, you know, and stuff, but cool. So the next month, the following Monday, so almost like 10 days after, I got my first client. And then he said like, dude, how the hell do you already got a client? I've been trying to get clients all the time. And I was like, no, you're not. You want to work three times a week. So that's the good thing of having like, and we're still good friends, one of my best friends. And tell your friends like how it is. Because sometimes he'll be like, man, you know, like I'm broke. I'm like, stop. I don't want to hear. You know, you've been saying this for years. I tell you, you choose to work three times a week. So now get this. You don't have the right to complain. I have no sympathy for you at all. If you bust in your ass 10, 12 hours a day, and then I'll be like, I feel you, man, stick with it, go, yeah. But now you're not committing to, you, to your own stuff. And then you want me to feel bad about for you? No, like you put yourself in a situation because you want, you don't want, you don't want more clients, which means you don't need more money. So now it doesn't give you the right to complain. That is just my opinion. Not everyone needs to agree with what I'm saying, but just, calling how I see it so with that I was able for six months to do house cleaning and honestly it was starting to take off I could get to a point to hire someone to do it but I'm like this is not my passion this is not something that I want to get to a point that is so big I got something in my hand I could oh yeah sell the business I just my heart just wasn't in that it was just like this is just to give me some money which was great I was able to get the money to go to Brazil uh, buy gifts for my family and then that was the last job I had you know that I that I had to buy that point jiu-jitsu it was around the time too that 
the, the Ultimate Fighter in mm. the first one that came in the United States and Spy TV. And that it was kind of like the boom in jiu-jitsu in the U.S. People start to like know more about UFC. I was in an MMA gym. People started asking more about what is jiu-jitsu. And then things start to get better. So there was a timing thing I got. So I got this transition to, I came to U.S. in 99 when I had like two two gyms in Las Vegas. That was it. Mm-hmm. You know, so I was I was lucky to kind of be part of this transition too. But the point is, there was a there was a problem. We need to solve that problem. And I knew my bigger why was to one day have, you know, an academy. So I just did what I had to do for that time. And if I wanted to would I be able to say for many, many, many years doing the house cleaning, which is, there's nothing wrong with that, but there will be pure extrinsic motivation, no mm-hmm. intrinsic. So I need, I need to have that balance. If you want to have a successful, successful business that can last, even when you're gone, you play the infinite game, not the finite game that I'm going to do this and sell the company and, and be done. No, the infinite game that you're going to leave. I'm going to die. And the, the school is going to keep inspiring impact and improving lives. And my, the nonprofit organization is going to keep doing. So everything I do is focused on that and an infinite game that when I'm gone, you know, the show must continue. It's not like Gustavo died, wrap it up. No, the show must continue. Leave your legacy. Perfect, professor. Mm-hmm. Perfect, perfect. Uh, also in your podcast, and you, you told also a little before about the dark passenger for the listeners that don't know what is the dark passenger and i love the name can you describe a little bit more what is our dark passenger yeah i don't know if the the series uh dexter uh it's famous in in europe or not but uh it's uh it's the negative voice that lives in your head that bring all the the fears doubts and securities and that basically is going to be that lives in your head with you. It's your roommate for life. You never get rid of it. You're like, oh, you know, I need to get rid of my negative thoughts. Good luck. You won't. You know, the, they say that, I don't know about those stories, but that's just the numbers I hear that the human being has from 50 to 60,000 thoughts a day. And guess what? 70 to 80% of them are negative. We don't realize how often we criticize and judge not only others, but mainly our own selves. You know, like, who do you think you are to accomplish this? Who makes you think that you can do this and that and that and that? And again, if you don't get in a scrap with your dark passenger, he's going to control it. You know, so either you learn how to control your mind or you let your mind control you. It's one or the other. It's your choice. And here's the thing. Uh, this again, you're gonna live with this roommate for the rest of your life. So you don't, you can't really. I used to say to control it, but it's not control. It's to become aware, become aware that this voice, like oh, the voice kicking in. Investigate the voice, like what exactly that is. Does it make any sense? Check it, and it's exhausting because it's twenty four seven. That's why uh, um, you need to work on this. I mean, the negative voice doesn't take a break. Maybe take a little break, you know, because here's the thing. It's funny when you have, like, it's, it's one thing you have an idea, like, you know what, I'm going to go to a restaurant, certain restaurant to eat. Cool. Idea, I'll go there tomorrow. There's no anxiety. Good. And then you have an idea of 
I think I'm going to start a new business. Boom, that anxiety hits you and they end up dark past wake up like, said what? You said you're going to open a business? Dude, who? Who do you think you are? And the whole thing. And then there's a book, The Five Second Rule, you know, by Mel Robbins, that talks about you got about five seconds until your dark passage kicks in. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's basically how, how it is, man. You just got to become more conscious of the voice. So self-awareness is the number one pillar. If you're not aware, the dark passage is going to run uh, the, the pay, dictate the pace of your life. And it's, it's a fact. And I, I felt that... A, it did, it did for me, and do I have it? Of course I do, everyone has, no one has a free pass, I tell you what, there's some people that can handle that internal battle, internal battle better than others, this effect. You know, that's why you have some of the different competitors and high performers, people who can handle the internal battle, because whether people realize or not, every single person, me, you, you who's listening right now, everyone is fighting an internal battle that no one knows about it, just you know. And in order to win the external battle, whatever that is, if it's a tournament, if it's a new gig for new, it doesn't matter, whatever that is, to have better odds of winning this external battle, you better win your internal battle or be always in the top. There are days that we lose internal battle. Fact, I'd love to say that I have perfect days it's not for me at least it's not true there are days that are harder that sometimes i analyze my day at the end of the day of like how well was how tough was the battle today you know and sometimes you you there's a day that you lose and now the most important thing when i do lose a battle that happens is i think it's something that people don't use as much as start to be to improve this years ago of forgiving yourself. People are always talking about, oh, I gotta forgive others and stuff like too. First, you have to forgive yourself for the choices that you made. You know, I wish I knew better, I wish I've done better, but it is what it is. Because if not, you're gonna dwell on things and then your life is not gonna, gonna move. So when I analyze my day, at the end of the day, I like to think about that. You know, like if there's something, I'll be like, dude, I totally messed up, or like, oh, wow. Yeah. So, Either I stay angry, have my pity party, or I say, like, forgive myself the best way. And then, and have, it's basically acceptance. Now, we have a different, uh, when I say about acceptance, sometimes people misunderstand and they think that, like, oh, acceptance, that means forgive myself. Well, I didn't do anything today. Mm-hmm. I forgive myself tomorrow. I do it. It's up to you if you want to look at this way. But it's like, I'm really fighting, and I wasn't, I wasn't aware, you know, at certain moment. And I lost this battle and then forgive myself. Let me just get back and focus. Boom. Let's go. And it's going to be the last battle you're going to lose. Absolutely not. You know, we, we're going to lose uh, battles every day. There's, you said 50 to 60,000 thoughts a day. Are you kidding me? You think you're going to be that invincible? You're going to win that many battles? Man, good for you. You're like a special monk or whatever. You know what I mean? But that's hard, dude. That's all day. Does, you know, and that battle, it doesn't end. You know what I mean? They just keep fighting. And number one is just um, self-awareness, to be aware of the negative voice. And another pillar of emotional intelligence, which is social awareness, be aware of other people, dark passengers too, because other people have dark passengers and they're going to try to pass their insecurities to you. Now it's up to you 
to cut it, you know what I mean? It would be like, I like to say the block, and I had the karate block like this. I defend with the block and be like, you know, because if not, man. And, and the thing is, from people that many times love you and care about you, but in their mind, they try to save you from hurting. No, don't do that. Don't go, don't change jobs because the outcome. You know, the outcome, if it's not like that, you're going to do all this work, I might lose this, I might lose that, and all this process for nothing, stay here. So that's their mentality. That's on them. You don't have to agree with it. It'd be like, cool, thank you. But no, thank you. I don't want to. And this is something that I guess comes a little bit from my personality. As I mentioned, since I was young, I was able to uh, really focus on my freedom of choice of what I wanted to do. And my mom, it's like uh, with my wife, like my best friend, you know, she knows everything about my life. She's very wise, but, but when we're talking like 25 years ago, almost 30 years ago, she was in a different stage of her mind. And, and she learned from my grandparents who learned for the grand grandparents that this is how life goes. You know, you go, and you work and you go, you get a degree and you retire. And, and in their mind, that's their perception of success. So understand that success is not one size fits all. You know, you got to understand what does success mean to you? Is that money, fame? Okay, that's you. I'm not saying you're wrong. Is that for you? Is that what you want? Cool. But success is not for, it's not the same for everyone. So I don't know how, but I had this realization and i remember like it was today when i was i i decided I told my mom i'm pursuing jiu-jitsu and that's i was like 16 years old and then the family really thought it was like yeah yeah yeah, it's good good jiu-jitsu keep them away from trouble but they really didn't think that i was going to do that and when it was time for me to go to college i told her that I'm like okay i especially in brazil for you to have an, a gym most of the gyms in Brazil, it's like, it's a gym and you have a jiu-jitsu program inside. Mm. It's rare for you to find like a building or a room that like you rent a place just for jiu-jitsu. It's rare for you to see that, right? So my perception of my teenage years are like, okay, I want to have an academy. My vision of academy was gym, not an academy, a fitness gym. Mm. Where that's the only thing that I really knew. And that's probably 99% of the places. And and I thought, well, I need to do physical education so I can work with this. You know, I can do uh, personal training. I can work with sports that I like. I'm still helping people. And she flipped out when I said I was doing, going to do physical education. She's like, you're not going to make any money. You're going to be a PE teacher. You're going to be starving. You're not going to be successful. And then I was like, who's talking about money? I'm not talking about money, you know. And then for in her mind, is like, uh, and this happens with so many people when you, especially if there's anyone young listening, or maybe you look back in their mind, she is helping me to become successful. And then are like, I don't know what's wrong with him. I'm telling me what to do. I'm older and I do that. And I do this and I do that. And how come he's not doing? And then start banging the head. Next thing you're like the rebel of the family. I don't know what's wrong with him. Why he doesn't listen to what I'm, you know what I mean? And I'd be like, dude, it's not what I want to do. What? And then she wanted me to go to business school. I'm like, because she was teaching that, get involved with that. I'm like, all right, tell me what you're going to teach in class. And then she started telling me, I'm like, I have zero interest in learning that. <laughs> like, I'm going to be miserable for four years. I'm going to have a degree. I'm not going to use it. I'm going to keep doing. There's no point of doing that. So 
since I was able to get into a public school in Brazil, which is a little harder to, to get in because you do an annual mm-hmm. test in Brazil to get into to the college. So I was able to, uh, I'm very blessed because she provided me with good education throughout my, my school years. So that prepared me to get into a good college and I would study for free for four years. So she couldn't say anything. It's not like I paid for college. So she couldn't really say anything. And by the time I graduated, it was around the time that I was moving to the U.S. So everything kind of clicked in. And you talk a lot about success. And I want, what is for you, how you define success? Because yeah, for a lot of people, it's like you said, external money, fame, Well, uh, two things. One that I see is to live in congruence with with your values, live in congruence with what you believe. Because it's not about money you can have. I know people that moved to Hawaii to be a surfer, and that's what they do. They live like, you know, very simple life, but they love it. They love it. They surf every day. They got a little job. They're like, I'm right. I just got to do a little good, but I can surf every day. Man, that's success to me. You're doing what you want. You didn't want to be doing anything else. Sounds good to me. So it's not about the, it's just what you believe, what you want to do, go for it, regardless if it's money or not. And, and I feel that in the other hand to John Wooden, incredible coach that talks about having that success is that uh, having that internal peace of knowing that you did the best you could with, you know, everything you had. You know, so John Wooden has incredible books and he's one of the most successful coaches in the history of the United States. Uh, when they say they, he was voted once like the coach of the century and the guy in, in his books never talk about the word win. So it's very different. You know what I mean? He doesn't talk about winning. He talks about busting your ass working like going through the process working as hard as you can for for your goal and doing what you practice in whatever the reality that is in, in sports and then that so all i want is you to practice prepare yourself super hard and do your best to use everything you know if you can do that and you leave like man i really try everything but they did better that's having that internal peace that you know that's a a form of success success in business everything i'm you consistently trying consistently trying knowing that every day you're doing the best you can with the tools and knowledge you have right now and that's a kind of like of course not always happen i mean he didn't win for many many years it took him i not even remember how many years it took him to win a championship i don't know maybe when he started maybe seven eight years or something without anything and then he won 10 in 12 years you know, so with the same mindset. So it's really incredible. He died, I think he was maybe 99 or 100 or something. And very wise. And and I feel, but answering your question, the main thing is, I think for me, success is just living congruence with what I believe. And mine is freedom of choice. So as long as I can do that, you know, I'm good. You know, uh, if there's a student that, maybe has an attitude at the school, um, I'm going to fire the client. I'm going to fire, no, you got to go. I'm not going to put up in anyone's shit because of uh, $150 or whatever that is. And I'll be like, no, I have my freedom to choose 
who I want to work with, what I want to do, what I want to travel. I don't have to. And again, that's something that you, there's a price to pay for. If you want to be an entrepreneur, becoming an entrepreneur, I don't know the audience. I don't know how many people have the aspirations to be an entrepreneur. It's not for everyone. Okay. Gary Vaynerchuk. I don't know if if you guys know Gary V America digital uh, marketing expert. I, I picked up a lot of like really good concepts for him. And he said something that one of the, probably one of the main concepts that I learned from him, that he said, some people have entrepreneurial tendencies and some people have entrepreneurial DNA. It's a different thing. So when you have an entrepreneurial tendency, it's like, oh man, that would be pretty cool to have my own business. I have my own hours. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. And then they start doing it doesn't work. And they're like, yeah, this, it wasn't for me. I, I need to do something else. No problem. No Nothing wrong with that. You're learning about yourself. You understand that this is uh, maybe it's not for me. There's nothing wrong with that. It's good to realize that. And and you always say there's nothing wrong with being the number two. Number two is really good too. You know, it doesn't have to mean that. Doesn't mean that you you run the show. It's your thing. You could be helping a company and could be the second. There's nothing wrong with that. But now when you have the entrepreneurial DNA, and I believe that that I think I was blessed to have that is that you do it, you break it and it doesn't work and you go out of business and you try it again and you try a different business and then you break it and then you try it and you try again because you don't know anything. I don't know anything else. I don't know anything different. You know what I mean? It's just like, I need to have, I need to run my show. I need to have my freedom, you know? So that's why for me, it's not an option. I, again, in different moments of my life, I had to, there's no option. I came here to the U.S. with, exactly $2,700 in a tourist visa. You know what I mean? So me saying that I'm going to open my business, it's, it's an illusion, you know? So I feel that people understanding like where exactly if they are, if they want to get involved in entrepreneurship, they need to understand that to get to this point of all oh, the freedom, see all the videos, people doing this, doing that. But uh, that's exactly uh, the freedom that I want in a way if I want to travel, I don't have to say, oh, I can't travel. I only have two weeks of the year or a month that I can travel like you're out of your mind. I prefer to make very, very little money, but have the freedom that I don't, I don't have to ask permission. Just like, yo, I'm out two weeks, done. I'm out three months, go to Brazil, go for a month. I'm out, peace. You know, of course, took a long time, a lot of lessons. And there's a price for you to, to pay to get to this point. However, if people want to play the entrepreneurship game, understand that it's a roller coaster right now. Being an entrepreneur, man, a lot of a lot of business are closing. You know, it's not easy. To, like, suddenly, you just close down your business for three months. We're like, dude, I'm gonna pay my bills. You know, so it's hard. So there's the the pros and cons, I guess, the entrepreneurship. But understanding if that's for you, I think it's uh, super important. Perfect, Professor. It is. And nowadays, I think you, you are, this, they sell it. It sells the, the, the dream of the entrepreneur with the Lamborghini, the big house, but they don't say the grind behind that. You talk a lot about that in your podcast, and I think it's, it's true. It's not, it's okay, there is the beautiful part of it, but. How many years did you work for it? 
Yeah, I. And here's the thing too, a part of because I see some of the videos, you know, not judging, but putting someone wants to have a badass ride and a mansion and all that. That's fine. That's that's each one perception of success. And at one point. And I felt that I, I was on that too. Like, oh, I want to have a nice lodge. Of course, I'm doing everything I'm doing, but like, I want to have a nice house. I want to have. And as I got older, I started to think more about it. Like, like the house that say, "This is my house." No, it's not your house. Are you gonna take with you when you die? And the coffin is gonna be like, "This is mine." This is not your house. And in, in, in years, other families gonna live there. You know what I mean? That's it. It's not your, you think it's your house, but it's not your house. You know, you came to the world with nothing and you leave with nothing. You know what I mean? Like you come, it's just naked. That's it. And then you're gone, you're gone. There's nothing, you know, there's nothing, nothing left. So sometimes, uh, so that over time, as I got older, um, I'm, I'll be 46 this year. Mm -hmm. I start to care less and less for money. You know what I mean? It's, it's just strange. But I just started caring less and just getting more involved with the things that I wanted with, especially with nonprofits and so forth. But I started to think more about it. Like, do I really need this badass ride in this and this big mansion in this boat? Really? And like, uh, again, not judging because people do whatever they want, but it's not a priority in my life. The material things, it became not like a, a, a priority. I live in a, uh, a, a good house that I'm it's plain it's just me and my wife my son just moved to uh, back to Brazil I have plenty of room I live fairly close to my academy uh, do I need a bigger house or like why do I need a bigger house to show people that I made tons of money does, does it really matter you know so I think it's just when you get older you start to reevaluate and then just look back and see like wow Decisions that I made in the past because I had at some moment, some moments in my life, maybe my perception of success was getting caught into what people expect of like, oh, if you have a uh, badass car, that means you do really well financially. And if you have a mansion, you know, so again, that's, that's from each one's journey, you know. Perfect, perfect, professor. Now I want to, because you talk also, uh, I'm very curious about your your mindset. How do you describe your mindset? Well, I think my current <laughs> mindset is that we talked in the beginning, the 1% better every day. This is my current one because, again, just having that, uh, all the difficulties that we're going right now. So I'm good with that. Ah. It's even tough to for me to describe. It's if I try to put it in the most simple way possible. Since mm -hmm. I was a kid, I was just like, because uh, you you're asking me like how you do so many things, you know, at the same time. It's because my mindset is, man, I think it would be cool to just if I have an idea and I think it's cool, that's going to be fun. I'm just going to do it. Does it work all the time? No, there are things, there are many projects that I started, I did, I broke even, I started, I, I lost money, I did, and I stopped. But it's just like, I just like to experiment things. If it feels cool, I'm just going to do it. And, and, my, and I was very lucky, and that's when I resonated with Will Smith when he saw, and when I saw him during the many years, I saw him, I'm like, oh, wow, that's exactly how I feel. You know, like every time I have an idea, and, and we'll talk a little bit about that, and I feel that anxiety, that's my trigger to say, do it. If it's not my health, 
is not evolved like I may die or something if if I just have that trigger that you know like Ugh, and there's some fear involved I know that I need to do that I know that I need to do that so that is my mindset is just accepting uh, challenges in but like executing in the ideas that I have and some of the ideas that I have end up becoming challenges some are not it's some very small little challenges and no biggie but it's just like I want to do it see see how it goes and and some they're more challenging so I feel that if I have tried to think here in a, in a better way to explain to you when since Since we're talking about challenge, I read uh, somewhere no, kill, when I was my teenage professor. years a quote. Yeah, I'll get was, back. I'll get back to yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So many years ago, I was a teenager, and I read something. It's not exactly the same words, but something along these lines that said, "If you look for, if you're looking for a big opportunity, accept a big challenge." And if I have to say my mindset. I just say that this has been, I think everyone has, not everyone, but has a quote that catches your attention. You know, everyone has one. Now, the thing is, do you live in congruence with this quote or not? And, and this one really got my attention. And if you think about it, and you and all the listeners right now, I want you to reflect on what's some of the biggest challenges that you've ever accepted in your life. I guarantee you that a big opportunity came out of the experience, even if the outcome was not the ideal, because it could be an incredible opportunity for growth to learn from this experience, or sometimes this challenge that I accept open an opportunity that came as a form of a new challenge. And that's up to you. Do I accept this challenge? Because I did that. Open doors for new things. Like, oh, wow. Okay. I wasn't expecting this. And then life presents you with another challenge. And it was, do I take this? Or do I don't take this? And then if you accept another one. So bigger the challenge, bigger are the opportunities. And when I look back in my life, I can personally, I can vouch for that in my life. The theme of my life when I look back, and one of the things that, because sometimes people think on the negative, um, we're going to talk about positive and negative, but the, mm. they say, well, it was a negative outcome, and I really do my best nowadays not to use the word positive and negative, because it's just experiences. I guarantee you, Vasco, there's something in your life that you look back five years ago that happened, and for all the listeners too, that when it happened, in the middle of the chaos, it was like, wow. This is so negative. This is toxic. This is bad that, that is happening. That now you look back and say like, dude, that was a blessing. You know, it sucked when it happened, but because of that situation, I'm here right now. So was it negative? It, it, it's, it's just up to you to figure out if it was positive or negative. It's just an experience. That's all it was. And then you label any way you want. So 
with that in mind, that's basically what I what I try to do is just get the the lessons so I don't get caught into the pity party. Oh my God, this happened. Like right now, the quarantine sucks. Yes. So it took me, I'll be honest, it took me about three, three to four days for me to get situated. Because I'm like, all right, a business closed. I have two main businesses, main business and my main source of income that are stopping right now. And I can be crying about it or I can start to change my focus. And that's basically, that's what I did. I start to focus on something else. And I'm, I'm, I'm currently accepting new challenges, especially going into the Brazilian market new challenges, a lot of work, producing a lot of content. And I know I like, I have a conviction. I don't just believe. I have a conviction that incredible opportunities are going to come out from this. I'm putting so much work. There's no way that I can look back and say like, wow, I just wasted my time. That is no way, you know, with a podcast and stuff like that. Like in the past few years, I've done close to 300 interviews. You know, look the amount of networking that I'm doing, how many things I'm, I'm learning from other people. There's no way that this is not going to be beneficial to me. You know, maybe it's not right now. Maybe I'm not because people ask me like, hey, um, so how much you make with a podcast? A, a zero. I'm like, what do you mean? You don't make any money? Like, no. Like you're trying to get sponsored. Like, dude, even if I get sponsored, I'll get the sponsors I'll give to my nonprofit organization. I'm not doing this to to make the money because the big picture, you know, like the amount of networking and people that I, I got, I interviewed so many people that gave like big donations to, to the nonprofit. I have people who didn't donate money, but I make a connection from one nonprofit to another and they help a different organization. You know what I mean? So I know that all that, plus I'm getting people's knowledge and it's, for me it's a it's a win-win it's a win-win situation you know so it's uh it's a from each one how you want to take a look into the challenge that you have in your life right now it's very easy to get caught in the negative you know the the downsides are big time i mean it is a difficult why it's a difficult moment too is because bring so much anxiety because we don't know when it's going to end no one never experienced anything like that. And that brings anxiety, the fear of the unknown. However, I believe that we, I mentioned this in my podcast, and I mentioned this right now, we're recording this in basically June, July, 2020. This is going to be here forever. In 10 years from now, someone's going to be listening to this and then going to remember, yeah, I heard Gustav, he did an interview 10 years ago. And that's when we're going through the, right now, we're going through the quarantine. But 10 years from now, people are going to be, oh, oh, yeah, I heard. Maybe someone's young. I heard that it was, I was 10 years old. Now they're 20 years older and they're listening to this right now in 2030 or whatever. Oh, I heard that it was crazy or whatever, but this too shall pass. Everything, it will pass, you know, and it's, at the end, it's going to be an experience. And you do whatever you want. How are we going to interpret this experience? That's from each one, you know what I mean? Perfect, Professor. And I think that you already give it the advice, but which advice do we give to the people that are, like, that are passing this moment? Like, mentally speaking, which advice you will give it? 
I think this is a time to be surrounded by positive information for sure. Reading books, YouTube channels, there's so many incredible channels, podcasts. Just try to overload like positive information. However, execute it. You know, make sure that whatever you're using, you're not just the library of the mind, you're just collecting information. You're actually practicing that even if it's one little thing a day. You know, it doesn't have, I'm, I don't expect people to just like suddenly like, boom, I'm a different person. Again, 1% better every day. Just like, okay, I got here, okay, better. Boom, boom. Just minor, minor things. But every day, just 1% better. And don't wait for anyone. You, you know, it's, it's your show. It's your movie. You, in your mind, you create whatever you want. And you just go after Do you always going to get the outcome that you want? Do you always going to get the outcome that you want, the time that you want? Absolutely not. You got no control. But the goal is, am I better than yesterday? Good. You know, are you? The problem is, and I've done that many times when I was younger in jiu-jitsu. And the problem, sometimes people compare themselves too much with other people. And then that guy has this many followers. This guy has this... This guy has a bigger house. This guy, you know, so there's always, if we try to, we get caught in the cycle that it's just not going to go anywhere, you know, comparing yourself, you know. So have I done that? Absolutely. Especially when I was younger in my 20s. Absolutely. Now I just look back and especially when I turn, when I turn 40, I don't know what's the average of people who are watching this, but right now I look at my life as, dude, countdown i'm 46 you know what i'm saying hopefully i live to like maybe 80 90 i don't know i don't know what's going to happen tomorrow you know so time's ticking and i'm waiting for what you know what i mean it's not going up no it's going down so i need to figure out that time's ticking i can't wait I, if i want to do something i got to start it today like right now i don't have time to be wasting oh yeah but dude I can. I and so I. I think people just have time. I have time, like not as much as you think. It's like yesterday. It was twenty-one years ago. I was coming to the U.S. To this day, I go to Las Vegas. That's where I landed. To this day, just to think about, it gives me anxiety. I remember leaving the plane with my bags, and I'm like, "Holy crap! I'm here." I sold my car, and I I brought what I have, and there's no turning back right now. I got to make it. And then this was 21 years ago. You know, my son is turning 20 this week. I'm like, dude, 20, 20 years ago, I remember like was yesterday. And then sometimes I reflect a lot. Um, I, again, I don't know how's the, the crowd that, that listened the, uh, to the podcast, but I've, I like meditation. And one of the things to, uh, Maybe it sounds kind of like woo-woo for some people or to Zen or whatever, but having a conversation with your best self, what are your best self like in having it's sometimes it's hard to get to that stage of meditating, but your best self knows as that, you know, what is the best for you? You know what I mean? Like really knows truly you understand. Now is that dark passenger in the middle that is like, don't listen to him. Stay here with, I'm here to protect you. Don't believe in all that crap. You know what I mean? Stay here. It's safe. 
you're not going to get hurt here. You know, I take care of you. That's what your dark passenger is saying. So I get to in places that I really try to think about my best. For example, even right now, uh, before we started, you know, I put my alarm 10 minutes before uh, just to not just remind me, but remind me uh, that's actually a, be maybe a good uh, tip for people to do it. There's something that I learned with the high performance coaching. It's called intentional cues. It's things to remind you. And then I can expand a little bit more on that. For example, I wrote on, on, the, um, on my phone, when I have the alarm, you know, you can write and edit and write whatever you want there. And, and I just put uh, the phrase like, what is your intention? So I have this, it's always come in different times of the day. But since I have this here, so I don't just sit and just start speaking. I reflect on what is my intention coming into this interview, what I'm trying to provide to this. And then I got to remind, I got to remember my purpose to inspire, impact, and improve. So everything that I'm, I'm speaking here, my hope is to be able to ins inspire someone some way, maybe impact their life in some way, improve someone's life in some way. So this is just one way I actually... I, I got a lot, this, the idea of the intention, there's a book called The Seat of the Soul by Gary Zukov, Zukav, I'm not 100% listening. I heard from Oprah Winfrey, she mm -hmm. talked about it. And I listened to this book many times, very powerful, but I feel that sometimes there's some books you need to be in a specific moment in your life to listen to make sense. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Maybe this book, maybe five years ago, wouldn't make them much as much sense as making for me. It did no. like last year for me, you know? And, and it was really cool that Oprah Winfrey started to use that. And she said that that's her, uh, the book that has made, and she reads a lot. And she said that it's, if not the most, one of the books that made the most impact on her because she started to make all her, her show based on her intention, every episode, what is the intention of the episode? Why are we bringing this person here? And I saw her talking about this, that at one point, many years ago, they wanted to bring back then, I think it was uh, one of like famous, what was it, uh, Brad Pitt, wanted mm -hmm. to, the team, they have a meeting about the show, they wanted to bring him for this, uh, for the show, because I think he was having a movie or whatever, and mm -hmm. she really focused on growth. And then she's big on personal development. And then she remembered the book, you know, she was recently reading it and in meeting, she said like, why are we bringing, it's incredible. He's an incredible actor. This is great. But what is our intention? Why are we bringing him here? Oh yeah, no, he says movie is going to bring you a lot of attention. But like, wait, 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 we bring him just to have attention to the show. I love him, but I don't want to bring him. I want to bring someone else. You know what I mean? So as she said, like since then, since she, she got around this book, every episode she said, like, what is the intention? Why are we bringing this person here? So the intention is to be clear. And of course, every guest gonna bring different things or whatever, but why are we bringing this person here? So this is just a, a intentional cue for people to be like, maybe going to a meeting or giving an interview or doing whatever. What is the intention behind what are you doing? You know, so it's very important to reflect on that. Plus, you can use this intentional cues thing in so many different ways. So many different ways. 
for instance, I'm going to give you, this is part of the session two of my, the program, the high performance coach, mm -hmm. which matter of fact is right in front of me. It's called the clarity chart. So the clarity chart, we're going to focus in three areas. We can focus in the self, you, interactions, and success markers. There are three different ones. I'm going to share with you the self. And that's a great tip for everyone. If you're listening right now, if you have a chance to uh, maybe pause and take you know, some notes, I highly recommend to do this. I still do this, and this is a, a great thing. So I'm going to even read what is right in front of me so you guys understand exactly. So it's a three words that will now define the best of who you are that will be used to guide your personal life, including your thoughts and actions include. And then you think about three words. When you think about these three words, and then you see the reason why I chose this word and that is important to me is, and then you follow. This is not something for people to do right now in two seconds. Mm. No, no, no. This is not for you to sit on. Think about it. You know, maybe you can come up with the words in a, in a few minutes. Maybe it can take you a few days, a few weeks to think about it. What exactly I'm trying to say with this? Again, so now I'm going to get a little deeper and dark into this. Um, what is this? Um, I want you to imagine, because I, I, I get weird with it. And I get weird about thinking about some, a lot of people don't like to talk about death, you know, and I do because it's reality and it's a wake up call to people. You don't have as much time you think you do. You know what I'm saying? So I, when did I talk about, uh, I think I created maybe a, a content about this, maybe a week or two weeks ago. I don't remember. I create content every day. I don't even know what I create in Portuguese <laughs> and English. I don't know. But, but anyway, it's like you have been an overview of your, the service of when you die. Who was in that room? Family, friends, and who was there? And you're just observing from outside. And then someone's going to come up and speak about you. And they're going to describe you in three words. What are the three words that you want to be described by? He was an asshole and he was jealous and he was, no. What are the words that you want to? So if you want these words to be said in your service, when you die, you better start right now and start act like the way you want to be described because people are going to describe based on your reality of what exactly you're doing. You know, if you say that, um, like, he is very honest, but he consistently lies and does this and does that. That's not congruent with what he's saying. Mm. So is it hard? No, and I tell you more, it doesn't mean that you're going to pick words. Maybe it's a word that you're not quite there where you'd like to be, but you're striving for it and you're working for it. So this is a, an example. For example, I'm going to share my three words, okay? My number one is authentic. I want people to say like, hey, Gustavo did whatever Gustavo did. Whatever he wanted to do, he did it. You know, so this is authenticity to me. People have different perceptions. Like the same, the same way with success, people have different perceptions about the word authentic. I dress in the way I want. I, I talk whatever I want. It's part of authenticity. Yes. But now I see authenticity of a level from zero to 100. Now, are you authentic to your desires, to your goals and dreams? Do you, do you go after, you know what you want and you go after, this is authenticity to me. I don't think I'm on a level 100 and I'll never reach the level 100. However, I'm pushing 
my authenticity as much as I can to live in congruence with my values and do whatever I feel like I want to do. So I feel that this is authenticity, being authentic to your desire. That's authenticity to me, not what others expect from you. Okay. Two, helpful and generous. So that means always helping people. And I'm able to do that through different channels, different things. Like I said, you know, everything in my business is around that. So I know with the nonprofit, with the or tournaments or schools or high performance coaching, everything is around being helpful and generous. And the third one, I feel that I'm not quite there where I'd like to be. And for me, for many people, it may be very simple, but for me is to be present. Why do I say that? Because since I was young, I did struggle with ADD. I did struggle with, and especially a lot of the entrepreneurs do. It's like many ideas. I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And sometimes it's tough to be present. And I, so it took me years for me to realize that because I'm always on a goal, like do, 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 do. So if I don't remind myself to be present, I will forget. So with that said, I have, I put for different times of the day and I put the alarm with the three words. So out of nowhere, my alarm will pop up. And then saying like the three words, authentic, helpful, and present. And then you ref and then I reflect on, am I being authentic? Am I being helpful? You know, so again, when I'm not, because I'm not perfect, forgive myself, focus on or getting back on track. So my suggestion is for you, everyone who's listening, if this sounds interesting to you and you want to think about these three words that when you die, people are going to say like, dude, this guy was this, this, and this, and that's the legacy that you're leaving behind and people know, you have to start right now. Do you have to put it in a phone? Of course not. But this is the intentional cue. Like you, your intention is to remind you of the words because man, every day we do so many things that it's just going to pass by. You're like, oh, wow, I didn't think about this at all. But if you want to put in the alarm, it pops up. And then you're like, uh-huh. I have another phrase here that's one of my favorite, which is how present are you right now? And I laugh many times when I'm doing this because sometimes, I don't know, people are listening. Sometimes you're, you're driving and then suddenly like, wow, I'm home. I don't even know how I get here. I got here. You know, you're so autopilot. You don't even realize you just drove for like minutes and just – do, 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 I'm driving and then like autopilot. And then sometimes when my alarm pops up, how present are you? I start laughing because like, dude, I was in a different planet right now. When I was driving, I was in a different planet. And it helps me to be aware of like, I'm driving. There are cars around me. Oh, nice. There's a nice tree. You know what I mean? Like just being aware. And mm -hmm. dude, it's not, it's, it's not easy for me. For me, for some people are easier, but for me that this being present. So that's why I put those reminders. And am I in the level where I'd like to be and present? Absolutely not, not even close. But again, I'm trying a little bit, just a little bit better every day. So my suggestion is for you and everyone to pick the three words that even if you're not quite there, you know what I mean? And then you can uh, start working towards the three words that when you're gone, people are going to remind you for. Perfect, Professor. Perfect. Let me now pass because you talk about time mm -hmm. and time is really important. 
how do you manage, because now it comes the question, how do you manage your time to being able to be so many things and doing so many things, like, how it's possible? Yeah, it's not a, <laughs> it's not, it's not an easy task, but I one thing that helps me getting situated, um, sure here, know that some people might be listening, might be, because people are going to watch on YouTube, right? And some people exactly. in podcast format. Exactly. So, for people who are maybe uh, watching on YouTube. So I do things like this. I have this, this is part of my, the high performance uh, coaching, which is a one page productivity uh, planner. So in this planner, I have here, in my case, projects, project one, two, and three. The project three could be personal. Things that I need to do in my life, need to do like i need to call this person or family or or i'm gonna get a haircut i'm going to the dance whatever things that are related to my personal and then other things here i have podcasts and live so i have like the list of things that need to be related to this so each one so i'm promoting um organizing a convention in in portuguese for the uh, for jiu-jitsu and stuff. So, okay, this is one of the topics. I mean, I do more than that, but it's kind of like, okay, this today, this is what I'm focused on. So there's one here to say like people that need to be reached out today. So who I need to contact. There's a list of people I'm waiting on. I'm waiting on these people here. They need to contact me back. And then this is the, the main one because otherwise you end up getting very busy. It's here priorities right on the bottom and saying the main things I must complete today, no matter what are. So list the priorities and to do's that must be accomplished today and do these before getting trapped in your inbox or other people's agendas. Which means when you start it and we you have your plans, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that, and then you open your email. And it's on, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like all kinds of stuff like, oh, I was going to do this. Now I've got to reply to this person. Now I've got to do this and it's not going to happen. So one thing that is, uh, there's a book, uh, Brian Tracy, I mean, about eating the frog or something like that, which mm -hmm. basically the idea, it's something like that. I can't remember the name, but mm -hmm. it's basically saying like, get the uncomfortable things out of the gate wake up and in the morning like when you have the list of priorities maybe you have 10 things to do okay if you put that on the bottom because it's the most uncomfortable chances are be like ah, i've done a bunch of stuff today it's late i'll do it tomorrow so try to get you know the the most i don't know the one not necessarily the difficult but the one that you don't really want to do they try to put on the top so i'm like okay i'm done with it and that's the one that is going to move the needle is going to, you know, get you forward. So if that, if you, there's one specific goal that you have, one of the priorities, or I need to do something to move this a little bit. Remember, I don't expect if I have a big project to go from 0% to 80. No, it's 1%, 2, 3, 4. You know, that's okay. You're going to have to little by little having the task. And then I have whiteboard. It really helps me too to kind of be, um, more visual because i it's funny how it took me years like probably it's got to be around the same time 2007 2008 that i started writing things down because when you don't it's like a cloud with so many things that pulling out like oh i remember 
I have, even I'm with you right now, I need to be talking with you. And as we're talking, sometimes I just write it down like, like, hey, I need to talk about this. So I just put a word here to remind me. Although it's gone. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I, and I remember like two days later, like, dude, I didn't talk about that thing that I wanted. You know? So I feel that writing helps a lot with the cloud. So hmm. I look back here. Let me see. I see. Okay. there. I have a column there that it's a podcast. And then hmm. podcast in Portuguese. And I have the podcast in English. And I have lives. And I have the convention, I have the academy, I have events, and I have the nonprofit, I have coaching. If I don't put this in a cloud, you know, it's going to be a cloud that there's no way, dude. There's no way. So it's just getting the priorities, what is helping me to move to where I want to be. So that's the same thing for everyone. Most, I guess, the normal people don't have as many. <laughs> but I know it's because it's. If I had something cool, I want to do it. Like I said, when I started, like, dude, now there's no way I can stop that. I got to keep going. And then uh, I'll just keep adjusting. But I think this is my, my suggestion is what is the main, always have the personal uh, column. You know, mm -hmm. I think this is important. For many years, I neglect that. And that's one of the biggest mistakes that I made as an entrepreneur. Uh, I'm I'm honest with this. I struggle in the past with being a workaholic. If you think I work a lot right now, I have no idea. You know, it was way worse. You know, so I calm down a lot. Calm down as far as putting a time limit because I know how my brain works. So if I get home, if at 10 p.m., because uh, don't get me wrong, I enjoy working. That's a kind of a problem. So if I start something at 10 p.m., it's on. And my brain's not going to shut off like for a few hours. And then I'm going to sleep four hours, five hours. And next day I'm going to drag. I'm not going to have the same energy and I'll do it again. And is there crunch time? Yes, there's times at crunch time and I have to sacrifice a few days. But I got so much better when I got involved with the high performance coaching because I started to become more aware of sleep. That's something that I was really bad because I wanted to keep working. And that's something that I feel that we adopt, whether you grew up with your parents, grandparents, or whoever you grew up around, you adopt the patterns of whoever you grew up around. And my mom was a single mom with uh, raises with no child support. And she started from zero, nothing. Um, uh, I lived with my grandparents for a little bit. She started from zero. So in my mind, my early memories that I have is just her working. So for me, it's a, norm, it's a normal thing to work. So that's where, like how you take that much load. My mom, she's 73. I was talking with her right now. She's still active. She works. She's a college professor. She's responsible for a big group of like and school and stuff. And she's working right now. So And she said, I'm going to work until I die. She's already retired, you know, but she works because she loves producing. She's been working since she's 16 years old. And that's all I, that's all I saw growing up. You know, so I don't, I, I don't know any other way. However, just to make it clear here, I'm not necessarily proud of that. Remember I said that there's a price to be paid. Hmm. Um, my first, you know, I got divorced when I was in my early 20s because I didn't know how to manage work, family, time, especially in the United States, barely making any money. You know, I didn't know how to manage all that family, you know, having money. Now, I, I like, do I, have, do I have money for rent or not? 
and I just dove in and like, I got to make it happen. And I did not have balance for many years. Even though balance, it's uh, people have different perceptions of balance. Gary Vee always talks about that. What mm-hmm. may be balanced for the people. Right now, for me, you know, I'm more balanced. People will be like, you're insane. You're the, like, dude, I, I don't work past, like, basically by the time, you know, like I get home now, getting back to open the school, I get home now about 9 p.m., so I start to get situated. So sometimes I start to plan a little bit of my day, but I finish in the morning just because I know it activates my brain and it's bad news. I'm on. So I need to be very, so I have to really force myself with that. You know, so that's uh, something that for people to think about it is whatever balance means to you, you know, I, I end up having problems with relationships because of that because I didn't know how to, uh, to manage. And now I've been with my wife for six years now and I got a lot better, but I had to take a lot of beatings in my life to start to make these improvements. I wish I had this before, but I had to make these, uh, those mistakes to be where I'm at today, you know? Perfect, professor. And now let me just, because how it's a, no- a normal, a normal, if you can describe it, a normal <laughs> Gustavo's day, just to have a notion. Mm-hmm. No, it's honestly, it's not too bad. At least in my, my view, I think is I'm very blessed because when I go, when I, now I'm going to the academy, the first class at my academy is at 10 a.m. So usually I leave my house at 9.20, 9.30 or, or something. I'm, I don't teach as much as I used to. Now I'm teaching because of everything happened. Um, but I didn't uh, I don't teach that much. But usually uh, it depends on how I try to wake up at seven, but it depends. If it's something that is a busy day that I need to wake up earlier, I go earlier. And I feel that everyone needs to figure out their own routine. And since I have many injuries, the first thing I do is come here to my office, lay on on a carpet and go through a series of stretches. So I stretch from about 20 to 30 minutes. As I'm doing this, either I'm listening to pod, to I don't listen as much to podcasts nowadays, but either I'm listening to audiobook on uh, I'm I'm actually doing a, a on digital marketing online course, so I've been being listening. So I'm doing and I go listening and getting information, you know. And I and I like to then if I'm not doing that, be able to read or listen to some some podcasts in, in some form, do a little med- meditation, and then finish planning my day. What are the priorities? What do I need to accomplish? What are the main things? And I was really bad too of adding too many things, you know? So now I put more time in between for me to like breathe or know that I don't have to rush. Cause if, if you let me, I'll pack like every, every hour possible, you know what I mean? And so that's pretty much it. And then if I need to go to the school and I go there and I teach and I come back and then depend on what I have to do, a lot of work from home, am I going to interview or I'm going to create content or so right now it's, it's not too bad. I mean, my events right now, I have someone that runs basically uh, that. So uh, now I have the luxury of not really, the events are not happening, but I created something cool and profitable that I basically don't do anything. But right now, the events are not happening. The school will have a great team of teachers. My wife helps so much too to run the show. 
have someone that runs a nonprofit with me. So it's not like I'm super over. I don't feel that I'm overloaded. There's time, there are moments you go through waves. Mm-hmm. That waves they're like, dude, that's an intense week. This time, like, this week, it was not too bad. It was like creating content, doing stuff like that. I, I can't complain. All I think about it, Vasco, is that since I lived in Brazil, I just remember like a, me going when I was going to college, when I was um, even working different things, but I just remember being on a bus an hour, standing, packed, bus packed, you know what I mean? Shaking, and I'm like, my God, and then you go to somewhere and then get another bus and then here and that, and it's, and of course in Brazil, we gotta be careful the violence and all that kind of stuff, you know? So there's so many things. So when I go to work in the morning or go to school, I remember these that I'm like, thank you. Just thank you for having the life that I have. I have a car, you know what I mean, that I can drive to. I drive like less than 10 minutes to my academy. I'm doing what I want. I'm driving to a place that I want to be there. So I'm, I'm very grateful for the opportunities that I have, you know, because um, in Brazil, it's hard, man. Uh, third world countries it's hard to make stuff happen so i'm very grateful the opportunities i have and i think about it look at this man and i'm like i'm waking up at 7 a.m there's people at 5 a.m they're already on those buses you know what i mean to make very little money to provide for a full family and a minimum wage salary and i'm here i'm like dude it'd be uh be a shame if i'm trying to complain about my life you know what i mean so I'm healthy. I'm doing what it, like I said, am I a millionaire or something? Not that I even strive because if I, of course I'm always, I know that what I do, everything we just, it's just a consequence of like just our work. So I know that eventually as I get older, I, every year I notice that as far as the income get, gets better. You know what I mean? Like right now took a dip, but I'm saying like every year there's a growth, you know? So I'm like, I don't need to be in a hurry for anything. I have my house and my car. I have my business. I mean, the hurry for what? I need to be in a hurry for what? I want to keep keep doing what I'm doing. The pace is it perfect? Not, but I think that's what everyone needs to think about. Are you happy right now with the the life that you are living? Is that how you want to live? You know, the rest of your life. Is that you know? And when I when I was forty, I reflect a lot on that. You know, like how do I want to? Maybe I live to eighty. I don't know. How do I not want to live the, the rest rest of my the 40 years? Maybe. If everything goes well, 40. I have a friend of mine. Just a quick example here. Uh, one of my blue belts, and he's still a friend of mine. He, he just got back to training. But this is, I don't know how, how long ago was this. Uh, maybe eight years ago. I don't know. Maybe even 10. I don't know. So he works in a car rental place. He always looked miserable, you know? And I'm like, because in my mind, it doesn't make sense. You know, it's just weird in my mind. But like, hey, you've been working there for many years, man. Do you like work? Like, nah, dude. And he's all like, nah, dude, I, I fucking hate that. I'm like, why you do it? Ah, it's safe and stuff like that. Or like, okay, uh, what would you like to do, though? And this, when I talked with him, he was 29, okay, when I, when I said that. Like, hey, so what do you want to do? I'm like, I don't know, I always thought about, thought about doing physical therapy. 
and I like the idea of helping people work with that. I was like, cool. Um, why don't you do it? Because in my mind, I want to do something. I'll do it. I, I, I don't know. I don't know how to explain. But uh, it's like, well, why don't you do it? And I was like, nah, man, you know, because, you know, I have a steady job. I understand. I understand that. Have a steady job. And then I'm going to be four years broke because I'm going to college. I can barely work, you know. And and then, remember about the, the pain? The the, the the human they they fear the pain they're like I'm gonna lose the money the security the and then I'm gonna go through all this process that's gonna be hard and then the outcome what if I don't get a job when I graduate so he's stuck on that and then I told him like all right dude let me tell you something if everything goes well with your life and you're alive when you're 33 everything went well when and and you're 33. What the only difference is going to be that you're going to be 33 and now you don't have a degree and you're still working at a place that you that you don't want if everything goes well and if you're still alive. And it's like, wow, that's a good point. I was like, there we go. So anyway, he quit his job, mm-hmm. uh, got into a, a college for physical education, moved with his parents for like two years. So he had to kind of like that feeling in Brazil is not a big deal. But in the United States, you know, it kind of is. I don't know how it's in Europe, you know what I mean? But the culture in Brazil is very normal. Mm-hmm. But in in U.S., it's kind of like, it feels like a shame that I'm going, going back home. I was living mm-hmm. by myself. So he did that for about two years. And then he was able to uh, um, kind of get back in, a, in his feet, get, be able to manage better working. And then start working being as a, like a trainee and stuff like that. So he finished. He graduated. He went to grad school. He's working on his master now. He opened his own uh, his own clinic about six months ago. You know what I'm saying? So all that because he stopped to just reflect and did I say much to him? No, I really. But it's just made him realize it. Like uh, why? And it'd be like, dude, are you waiting for something? What were you waiting for? I'm gonna save more money. Like you're just not gonna do it. It's not gonna happen. You know, if you don't do it right now, no one's going to do it for you. You need to quit this job. And you didn't. And, and I had a joke around with him because I always get deals with him with travel, rent a car. Like, we're not going to have deals anymore. We know when we travel, you know, rented a car. But, hey, that's okay. You know? <laughs> and, and then now, man, he's um, – I talked with him actually about uh, a couple weeks ago. And he was saying it started. Of course, it took a hit, you know, with this that happened right now. But man, it's just a, a a great great thing. I need to bring him to the podcast uh, too, so he can can share the, the story with them. He's still a beginner entrepreneur, you know, starting. But the most important thing is he faced his fear. He faced you know the the fear, that pain of the the loss of the process and the outcome. And that's my suggestion for everyone is listen to man. You know, don't get too caught up into, yeah, but over there, dude, I don't even know if you're going to be alive tomorrow. We're going to worry that much about four years, what's going to happen, you know? And then you'd be four years still miserable working in, a, there's nothing wrong with working in a car rental place yeah. at all. Of course it's not, but it's not what he wanted to do. So be like, why are you going to keep doing? So gave him to a point, you know, he was able to, uh, get to a point of his life and then he was just like steady he wasn't going anywhere you know what i mean that's kind of he 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 hit a limit and then now like okay if you want to go to the next level 
do you think that this gap from here to here looks small, but it's big and a decision you're gonna, there's a lot of anxiety because of the uncertainty, you know? However, if your why is big enough and his why was to help people, you know, and he didn't feel like, like, I don't wanna just help people rent in a car, <laughs> you know, I wanna make an impact on people, you know what I mean? I wanna do more than help him with that. And then he's doing it right now, which is really cool, you know? Perfect. And exactly coming back to, to what you say, you can give the tools to him, but, or to me, for as an example, but if I don't use it, there is no point on that. Exactly. I think like, perfect, perfect. Now I, I want, I know that you have some morning uh, routines and night routines. How do you think that having a morning and a night routine, it's important for you to improve your life? I think it's um, <clears throat> the the night is just reflecting on the day, you know, reflect on a day and kind of thinking about the game plan for the next day. So you can set up the day the night before, depending. There's times, for example, there's uh, I have to teach some of the 6.30 a.m. classes. Sometimes it doesn't happen that often, but I did this week. So that was on Monday, which means I woke up at 5, so I set up everything on on Sunday night, of course, you know, so I just get every, everything ready. And I think in the morning, it helps to set the tone for, for your day. So super important to be listening to positive information in the morning, you know, it could be YouTube, you're just preparing your breakfast, put your headphones and just listen, go to YouTube and listen to inspirational videos, you know, of like those compilations are really cool not that long man you don't have to sit and really focus you just do your thing what you're doing getting ready and listening to that you know because sometimes again we wake up and then the internal battle is hard and your dark passages being being loud and those videos help you to center get back in place so i, I feel that at night it's good to reflect on what mm -hmm. happened and prepare yourself for tomorrow for the next day and in the morning it's great to set the tone, set the tone of the day, what do you want to do? And at night, you just reevaluate. Did I accomplish what I, I wanted to? And it's really cool when you, uh, when you do that. So, I like, so now, I, as I mentioned, I used to sometimes do like too many, too many things. I'll try to my, add too many things on my list. And now I'll make sure that if there's one, there's a book called to the, the One Thing. If there's one thing, one thing that you can do today to finish the day and be like, I only accomplished one thing, what that one thing would be that's going to help you half percent or 0.1%, whatever is going to help you to progress. It's like jujitsu. In jujitsu, you don't try to regress, you progress, you're not an amount, and suddenly you get out and go to the side. No, you're progressing. And the same thing in life, you're always progressing your position, even if it's a tiny bit, it's a progress. Perfect, professor, perfect. And now I want to talk a little bit because I know that you are a big reader. Um, first, about your last book, Seven Lessons from Seven Champions. If you can talk a little bit uh, about the book, what is about? Yeah. Right now, currently, it's just in Portuguese. That's the first material that I'm putting in Portuguese. So my English podcast, I had over 100 episodes. So I just picked seven lessons from seven big champions in jiu-jitsu and 
I just reflect on the ones because usually what I do with my podcast in English, I listen and then at the end I do what I call the final thoughts, which I just reflect on. And that's a lot of work. That is, if I have to say as far as content creation, this is probably the one that gives me the most amount of work. There's some that come easy. I go, got it. I know exactly what I'm going to talk about. There are other ones that I really need to investigate and not be repetitive with the other episodes. So some are harder than, than others. Um, but yeah, so basically seven lessons that I got from the, from the interview. And from there, I just share the, uh, what I basically the final thoughts that I had, you know, I created and, and then I, I put them in a paper. So it's a, it's a new project. Probably at some point I'm going to translate to English, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it's a, it's a fairly short uh, book, but it was, uh, it's good. And yeah, so as far as this project right now is in Portuguese and some mm-hmm. some point I'm going to make in English. Perfect. And I wanted that after this conversation, uh, which book uh, will you, because I know that you are also a big, big reader, uh, which book you will advise me and the listeners to read? Regarding to book, it's always depend on the moment you're going through in your life and what are your intentions? You know, am I trying to improve? Is that business, is that personal development, is that entertainment? You know, so it really depends. I'm, when I ask my, my guests about books, I always, I, I like to ask like, Hey, what are some of the books that made a big impact on you? Different moments of your life, you know, that made an impact. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say, I think that the first book that made a big impact, I'm going to show here for people on YouTube. It's called Psycho-Cybernetics from Maxwell Maltz. So this is, uh, that's the first time I really understood the concept of the self-image, which is really understanding everything that we created, as I mentioned, from everything that we learn growing up, all the patterns that we adopt from the parents, grandparents, and teachers, and coaches that we we just everything that we learn, we we build this mental blueprint, you know, which is based on everything that we learn. And the thing is that whatever we get, uh, it's not like we when we're young, it's not like we analyze and we just absorb everything. You know, we see something, we hear something, and we kind of like it probably is true. And then you adopt it, you don't question it, just go with it, you know until so this book is like from the 60s and it's like one of the bibles of personal development to be honest and that was a game changer for me and i feel that this here is the core of the bjj mental coach that i do this is the core book that inspired me in a way to like really pursue and go after more things of personal development this is the one that's one of my students who play in the nfl football player that while he was at the end of his career, he got introduced to, and I learned a lot of stuff from him. And he told me, man, I wish I had this book in the beginning of my career. You know what I mean? Like I had no idea. And so it was towards the end. So this is a book that I highly recommend to everyone. Uh, I know that there's audiobooks and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So this is a, it's a big one. I'm going to share three here that I, that I picked. I have this one here. It's called Play to Win. Mm-hmm. which is uh, Larry Wilson and Hirsch Wilson. And it's um, when play to win is not to 
win, gold matters, play to win in life because you can play not to lose in life or you can play to win. Play not to lose, I mean, you stay in your comfort zone, you know, like like my friend was. He was playing not to lose. Like, I'm here in this job that I don't want, don't want to, uh, to leave because of the security and all that and not pursuing after. That's playing not to lose. And then just needed just a little push just for him to reflect like, hey, in four years, whether you like or you don't, the only difference that if you're alive, you're going to have a degree and the other scenario you don't but still the same. So he chose to start playing to win. So this is a great book, incredible concept too, of playing to win in life. And, and it's not by accident, I, I put a tattoo also, Jogue Para Vencer, which is play to win, to remind me to always play to win in my life. So that's a great, uh, great one. And my final one, it's called Mindset. This is my Portuguese version, but it's from Carol Dweck. Mindset, the new psychology of success. Incredible book talks about the fix and the growth mindset. So I think it's a game changer. I think every educator should should read or listen to. Teachers, parents, it uh, plays a movie in your head when you start reading. Like wow, because talking about studies, even in kids, you know how you develop the mindset of the the fixed mindset that believe that talent. Now, some people, oh, yeah, but they, yeah, because he was born for that, or he was, they think that, you know, talent, or you're born for the thing. Don't get me wrong. Some people have more mm. of that, but it's more of the idea of the growth mindset that everything, and that's a lot of the John Wooden's philosophy too, that everything that you really make the effort to improve you will improve. I'm not saying that you're going to be like a, a professional jiu-jitsu guy, professional soccer player. Just, uh, not everyone will be able to achieve that, but I'm saying you can improve in things. If you keep applying yourself, the tendency is for you to get better. You become more competent. And that comes from, there's a great book called The Art of Learning. That The big question that I got from there is like, how competent would you like to be in the skill that you're deciding to uh, go after. You want to be decent, good, great, or among the best of what they do. So depend on your expectations. However, um, higher the level you want to accomplish, more time would demand from you. So it's like math, you know, like someone come to the school, I want to come, I want to become a world champion and I'm going to come for about once or twice a week. The math doesn't match. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It just doesn't match. It's, so you're setting yourself up for failure. So people need to understand their expectations too. And as, as long as they know that, understand that it's possible for people to improve, if you keep working on yourself and keep improving, working on whatever skill, want to be proficient at it man uh you can get better that's the growth mindset which is man crucial everyone is uh, i think should read this book you talk a lot i don't know i don't know how much time do you have professor because it's taking a long but you talk a lot about in your podcast also the difference between the growth mindset and the fixed mindset for the ones that didn't listen yet the the What is the difference between a growth mindset, if you can describe it a little bit or give it an example? I think the easiest way to see is a fixed mindset. You Basically, your mindset ran by your dark passenger. 
That's about it, you know. Throwing all the limitations, you know, like, oh, but I can't do that. Well, but that guy did. I can't do that. You know, who are you? Who, who am I to think about? So all the things that about the, that I mentioned about the fears, anxiety, doubts, and securities. So basically, in a nutshell, that's what that is. It's just the, the fixed mindset. And I had that for many. And here's the thing. It's not one or the other. You may have this mindset in different areas of your life. Maybe in the business, you have a growth mindset. Maybe in your person, you have this. Maybe, you know what I mean? In jujitsu for many years. And I'll tell you more. It's, not, it's more like a spectrum. It's not necessarily. It's, you, know, you can be maybe in an area of your life, you're a little bit more towards the growth and a different one, you're more, you know. Jeez. So there are things. So I feel that in many years in jiu-jitsu, when, especially when, when I didn't have the results, you know, when I was, you know, I used to lose a lot in the beginning, I had like massive fixed mindset. And we're like, oh, but they're from a big team. I'm from a small team. And I don't think it can do that. Oh, that guy has won this. And it's like, oh, I don't know if I can. Get. So for many, many years, you know, I was stuck in that. And then I started, and it's very important to you who you're surrounded by. If you're surrounded by many people with a fixed mindset, guess what? You're going to roll with them. You know what I mean? You're going to have one, two. And I felt that when I started training with my, uh, my instructor, Andre Pedernieres, which I'm still uh, with him to this day, I was surrounded by people with a growth mindset, more leaning towards a growth mindset, which is believing that we can win, we can accomplish goals. All of them with their internal battles, but people were accomplishing goals, and that, it helps when you, we're around someone like, oh, wow, this person's accomplishing, cool. I, I, you start to believe, like, well, I think I can do it too. You know, they're, I'm training better with those guys, you know. So being surrounded by people with more to the side of the growth mindset can help you to overcome that. But when I was surrounded by many people like, oh, you're going to go against that guy. Oh, that guy, this, then do that. They're like, really? Oh, my God. And then you get stuck on that and being like, focus on the growth mindset, which is a daily work to because of the the battle that your dark past is always trying to pull you to the other side but as long as again you have this um for example um my mom had moments in her life that the growth mindset that if you want to be successful you cannot make money with jujitsu no one makes money with sport no one's gonna make money with that's her vision that's the you know what she believed at that point which heavily to the side of the fixed mindset you know what i mean mm -hmm. instead of someone like nice that's your dream dude good go for it you know what mm -hmm. if you work on it i'm not saying it's going to be easy you're going to be here tomorrow but you can keep working you know that's a completely different vibe you know so in, in a nutshell that's what that is you know one is like you it's kind of like you you know like the cartoons with the, the angel the little devil you know what i mean that's mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah that's basically your best self in the dark passenger you know, in a nutshell, that's what that is. And, and after it's like you said it also, I think like the people that sometimes love you the most, they mm -hmm. try to protect you from the unknown. Because like yeah. we were talking about the 90s, in the 90s, Jiu-Jitsu in Brazil, there was also a, a bad image with it. But Exactly. 
So I think it's incredible. Now just to 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 end more or less about the new projects that we have, like you talk about, and I will go also in September to the the, the seminar. Can you talk a little bit about that also? What yeah. the people can expect? Yeah. So this is a one hundred percent in Portuguese, right? So it's um i just had this this idea again quarantine i wanted to do something in portuguese i'm like you know what so i started studying online marketing and in the middle of the course i was doing for something else because i want to create my first course in portuguese so i was trying to learn more about that i've been in english as i mentioned before and in the middle of that you know he was explaining about conventions and stuff and then right away like wait a minute you know, so sometimes we start, I started the quarantine with one thing in mind because I started to brainstorm, okay, what am I going to do? Mm. And towards the end, if it, it has evolved, not completely changed, but it has evolved and evolved into the possibility of doing a convention dedicated to jujitsu competitors and for uh, regardless of the age. So we're not talking about any technical aspect per se. It's just everything around the preparation of an athlete you know, from strategy to rules to physical, mental aspects. So things like that. So we, we have 21 different speakers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's the idea. Everyone bring a little bit of their knowledge. And people, yeah, it's, um, I think it's just something new that I, as far as I remember, I don't know if I've seen mm-hmm. anything like that in, in Portuguese, in Brazil. I don't know. As far as I remember, maybe there is, but maybe it wasn't really, I don't know, maybe didn't market too well, but exactly. I never I never heard. And and some good big names in jiu-jitsu too, which is pretty cool. And that's the idea, the same, mm-hmm. to inspire, impact, and improve people's lives in some way. And that's the the same thing. That's why I'm doing this. If that wasn't the, the mission, I wouldn't be messing with it. So it's something new. I don't know much what to expect because it's, it's the first time I'm doing. And right now, all the speakers are excited just to be a part of that something new too. And my goal is to keep doing this, you know, next year and keep that's at least that's the idea. As long as I'm enjoying the process, I'm going to keep doing if next year and be like, you know what? I don't want to do it anymore. I won't do it. You know, so it's just more like I'll do it. And here, I, what okay. part did it cut? Uh, about the, the 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 interview that if you feel that like you want to do it, yeah, you do it. If you don't feel like mm-hmm. you want to do it, you you are you work a lot and you are drive a lot about your purpose. If it's aligned with your purpose, you do it. If it's not aligned, it's not the money. That I think it's like the big trade that I see in your work and your. Yeah. legacy do you want to share any if it's possible any other projects that you you are doing now with you with us well if people wanted to check out jujitsu tribe.org that's a non-profit organization started about 10 years ago and it's uh i always wanted to just even when i was in brazil i'm like man it would be awesome to have like a project but with time and I, I saw that it would be rough is something who knows something that i can do in the future with some partnership or something but i knew it'd be tough to have a facility to run you know the whole thing so i said well why not have an organization to help those facilities and 
to help people uh, who basically many of them and they barely have for themselves and they're helping people. It's pretty incredible. I mean, it's, it's an amazing. So uh, people want to know more about it right now. We have revamped, especially the mission of the organization too. So now we focus more on revamping facilities, things that the places are like old falling apart. We go there and fix them up and help to give a salary to the instructor too. So now we don't help as many projects as we used to. We used to help a lot with tournament registration, geese, tea in there and um, that kind of stuff. But then we decided, wait a minute, we can pay for registration and stuff, but the priority is if, if the, yeah. So I was saying mm. the root of the program is to make sure that those projects can survive. That means trying to, give some funding to the instructor because they're giving their time, doing whatever they can to get to a point to say like, guys, we're going to have to end this because I, I need to work. You know, I, you know, they put so much of their time there and a lot of them, they, they work too. Some try to do whatever they can. So anyway, so yeah. So when I go to Brazil, uh, I don't know when I'm going to go again now with all this happening, but I go and I go visit some of the places that, we currently help, which is incredible experiences and very humbling uh, mm -hmm. opportunities. So people want to, want to take a look at the jujitsutrap.org, you'll be able to see some, a little bit of my trip, some of the things that we have done there, some of the projects that we have helped. And man, there's, you know, you can put a price tag on that, you know, and at the same time, help all the donors that help with anything. A little bit here and there. Sometimes I do public speaking events that I do fundraisers. Sometimes it's mm -hmm. seminars that I do fundraisers. I don't do as much jujitsu seminars. So most most of the seminars, not all of them, but most of them are fundraisers. And so we just, uh, that's basically how we work just through. And right now, the current project that we working towards is the one in Bahia in Brazil. And they, this guy has been running his program on the street for the past six years. And it's a very powerful experience. I was, I was teaching a class in training, and I'm not exaggerating. I'm here, like right behind me, like you know, like two meters, three maybe. There's a bus driving by. You know what I mean? So if something happens, someone loses control of it, that would be a major disaster. You know what I mean? So our goal right now, we we're the goal is to buy a house or a land, and then built uh their facility and then provided so we're getting very close to the phase one which we want to raise eighteen thousand dollars and i think we're close to 14 or something so it's going well and and that's the idea get those kids off the street be able to get a facility for them because that guy does an incredible work man like and for me like i taught from like I went, I went to this place uh, in two different trips and I talked from like 5.30 PM to 10.30 PM on the street. And I'm talking about in a very, not a very safe area. Okay. Um, not safe. they not even Uber drivers wanted to go there after and they had to call a friend to go there to, uh, to pick me up and take me to our stay. The next time I, I decided I just stay with you and stay at his house 
you know, so I want, cause it's right next to it. So I wanted to really experience to be there, you know, and the stories are wild and I'm glad you're able to make a difference in that community. Awesome. Awesome. And it's, it's like, it's like you said that you can help with the inscription, but you are putting the base of the house. You are constructing a yeah. better life to not just for the teacher, but to all of them that it's beautiful. Professor, any last advice that you want to give it to me or to the listeners? Because it's amazing. Uh, no, the only thing I can say is just remember that you're not going to live forever. You know? <laughs> At one time, you know, and remember, you're not going to take none of this with you. You know, your the car, the rides, everything, you know, we're just going to leave something here. You're going to leave our legacy and And then in years and years from now, you know, hopefully I can leave a good legacy to my students, which are just a community that be like, hey, he was a good dude, you know, did some stuff, started help projects that have been saving lives, you know, that I'm, I'm part of that, of course, with the help of the donors, but I'm saying like help the process of helping others and hopefully people can keep um, still running the nonprofit, my school, the tournaments, you know, everything basically that, that I provide, the videos that I have, they're going to be, the, the content's going to be there forever. I listen to guys like Jim Rome that he passed and the guy's been packing lives for many years. He's gone. It's been like probably eight years that he's gone and he's still impacting millions of people with his content online. So I picture my content doing the same. Jiu-Jitsu new generations are coming. And then years from now, okay, there was this guy, Gustavo, that he used to share this and this and this. And and people are still going to be listening. By then, I have new Gustavo, new, cooler stuff or whatever. You know what I mean? But I I believe that the message is so basic that I think it doesn't matter when you're going to listen. It's the same thing of listening to Jim Rome. It doesn't matter if it was 20 years ago or in 20 years from now. It's just core messages that apply and I don't care what moment of the life is just is just reality, you know. And so it's just people remind that man, you know, time's ticking, you know. So if you wanna if you have a goal, a dream, uh go after fight for it because no one's gonna fight for you. People can help you along the battle, but it's it's your show, it's your it's your goal, and other people will support you, but you're the leader or the leader of that of that pack you know you can give me the tools but you cannot do the work for me absolutely perfect now professor which is the best way to contact you what is the the where can i where can the people find your information i will put after in the description mm -hmm. but yeah, i mean nowadays you know how it is google just put mm -hmm. gustavo dances a bunch of stuff is gonna pop up But if you want to take a look at my Instagram, Gustavo Dantas, BJJ. So that, I think that's the platform that I've been more, I think that I've been busier currently in 2020. I don't know how it's going to be in the future, but right now that's the current, that's the one that I've been using the most. And that's it, man. And I'm very glad that you're taking the step of doing a podcast because that's why I asked like, Hey, get some episodes going to make sure that you're doing because I have people, the reason why, I said that is because I have people who like, hey, I'm going to do a podcast. And 
they don't release or they do one and they don't do it again or they do it and they're not even release it. So I want to make sure like, well, it's going to be released or the message is going to hit people. That's the most important thing uh, because uh, to do a podcast, you need to be like really with your intentions need to be very clear because can you make money with it? Of course, there are many people making money with podcasts. You know, you see Joe Rogan after 10 years of work, sign a massive deal, like a hundred million or something on Spotify. But is he never started because of that. You know, he never thought he was going to make a dime with that. You know what I mean? It was just like, I just want to chat with people, you know, talk, hear what they have to say. You know what I mean? It's all good. And then kind of led to uh, financial opportunities. You know what I mean? So I'm glad that you're taking action on doing the podcast and keep doing, man. One little episode, you know, once a week, once twice a week or whatever the consistency you want to do it. Uh, just, just keep doing and little by little, just can hopefully inspire people to do their own podcast or maybe go after what they wanted to do. You know what I mean? Exactly. Perfect. Thank you so much, Professor. I want to tell you again. Thank you so much for inspiring, impacting my life and helping me. I consider yourself, like you said, one of my virtual mentors, like you said it in your podcast. And I will say <laughs> you are. To you and I wanted to say to continue just to do a great job that you continue to do and thank you so much for this opportunity really really guys don't forget to subscribe to go to professors Instagram and put the like man and thank you so much professor thank you thank you guys <laughs>